Impact 89 FM's own golf podcast. This is The Long Drive. Welcome into The Long Drive, broadcasting virtually for the summer as we are at home and away from the Impact 89 FM studios on the campus of Michigan State University. I'm your host, Grace Goodlerick. I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Ladderman. As well as Tim Marshall, we are going to be chopping it up about all things PGA Tour tonight, including this last week on the char- on the tour at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Looking ahead to Muirfield Village this week, Jack's place in Jack's tournament, the Memorial Tournament. But first, we'll get to a couple quick recaps surrounding the MSU men's and women's golf teams, as well as the LPGA Tour. The men's golf team finished seventh out of 13 teams last week at the NCAA Regional uh, held at uh, Eagle Eye Golf Club in Bath, Michigan. It was a home game for the team. They were in fifth place heading into the third round of the tournament. They finished seventh, uh, missing the NCAA championships as you needed to be in the top five teams in order to qualify for the championships. They were led by Drew Hackett, who was the top finisher individually, finishing tied for 20th, uh, one under par, 212 shots. The women's golf team finished tied for 18th out of 30 teams. Uh, in the first three rounds at the NCAA championships at Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona, this last week, they missed the cut for the match play team championship by four shots. So heartbreaking for that team. They were led by Katie Liu, uh, who was the top finisher at one over 217. She finished uh, tied for 30th and advanced to the individual stroke play championships uh, for the individual national title. On the LPGA Tour this last week, it was uh, Padre Ananan Karn. Uh, she was the winner of the Bank of Hope LPGA match play that moves her to 10th in the race to the CME Globe this next week. Uh, actually, this week, excuse me, Thursday through Sunday, they are at the Mizuho Americas Open at Liberty National Golf Club, site of the 2017 uh, President's Cup, won by the United States at Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, Liberty National there. So now we'll move to uh, some news surrounding the golf world, PGA Tour. America's cult hero and probably one of the most famous men in the golf world for the last two weeks, Michael Block, uh, PGA pro out of Southern California, was humbled this last week as he finished dead last, uh, 120th at the Charles Schwab Challenge, missing the cut. So hopefully he his his ride has come to an end for now on the PGA Tour. He's got a couple more sponsors exemptions coming up. And we'll as well get into a few more majors this year. Uh, so good luck to him, but pretty poor showing this last week at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Harold Varner III wins Live Golf DC this last week for his first win on American soil. Uh, Florida's Fred Biondi, who is one of the leaders in the PGA Tour University standings, won the NCAA Individual National Championship on Monday as well as Texas Tech's Ludwig Eberg. Uh, He won the Haskins Award for the top winner in or the top player in Division I collegiate golf this last season and clinched the top spot in the PGA Tour University rankings, which garners automatic PGA Tour status. So that brings us to our first point of contention here. Do we think that this PGA Tour University ranking is doing enough for these collegiate golfers to want to stay with PGA Tour? Because it's only one guy that gets automatic tour status, the guy that wins and is the top of the standings. And then 
it descends to Corn Ferry Tour status and then PGA Tour Latino America, which is going to become PGA Tour Americas. So how do you guys feel about that? Do you think that the PGA Tour should allow more guys to advance directly to the PGA Tour in order to entice those guys to stay with the tour and not defect to live? Because you have to think that some of the top collegiate golfers are probably getting some pretty lucrative offers from Greg Norman and company. Yeah, I think it's a tough, um, it's a tough little deal. I think you would like there to be more than one golfer getting tour status. But with that being said, there's sponsored exemptions. Um, like Sam Bennett again is playing this week. He's still yeah, a college yeah. golfer, but I think there's a little bit of a worry with live, but at the same time, how many spots do they realistically have? Like, are they, you think they're really still going at guys hard? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I can think of it with, it was David Pooj, yep. who was one of the best players in collegiate golf last year, played at Arizona State. He's now a live golfer and obviously MSU's own James Pyatt, winner of the 2021 USAM at Oakmont, gets exemptions into all the majors. So he's going He's going to play in all the majors. And then when his exemptions run out, he's going to Q school and that no, he signs with live golf. So I don't know. Is it, do you think that live golf is going to go after Ludwig Aber and Fred Biondi, uh, Austin Greaser from North Carolina, all these big name college golfers. Like you think that they're going to go after him. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, I think, I think it's hard. I think, like Ludwig, for example, who's going to get his tour status, I don't think mm -hmm. he goes to live. But some of these guys that don't have any tour status or aren't getting any sponsored exemptions, that's where I think it could become an issue. Yeah, um, because, like, not a lot of stuff is – I mean, yeah, the PGA Tour of America – like, the PGA Tour of Americas is a cool new thing that the tour is doing. The Corn Ferry Tour doesn't have really a lot of changes that is being made to how they are – ran per se as to the changes that the PGA tour is making. So like if you make it on one of the smaller tours, one of the developmental tours, uh, like below the PGA tour, it is still a hell of a grind right? to make it to the PGA tour, which could turn some guys off if they're getting offered 10 million right out of college guaranteed up front to play 54 whole tournaments. So I don't know. What do you think, Tim? I think it's more about like the security of being on the tour now, now that you get the um, guaranteed 500 K yeah, uh, for the year. And like, if you're going on the corn ferry or something like that, you, you kind of lose your momentum of playing, being a top five college athlete at your sport. Like you don't see a guy like CJ Stroud going to like all these different things and trying out and like playing against like 15 year olds or like just worse competition yeah. to try to get into the NFL. Like they earned being a great player in college. And I think the PGA tour should look at uh, the NCAA as being another dev developmental tour instead of mm -hmm. having to do that and then have another step of the corn Ferry tour. I think, they can more coexist than be like a, like a stepping stone just to the corn ferry. I think there right. should be at least three to five exemptions. For yeah. Ex yeah. You make a, a really good point there. And I mean, the best like thing that I can think of that is akin to that would be like 
Victor Wemanyama, Brandon Miller, and Scoot Henderson signing $100 million deals with EuroLeague teams as opposed to staying in the NBA draft this year. So that's a really good analogy there for that. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, what happens in, in, in everything there. And right now, as we are on this podcast, the final round of the uh, team championship is going on. So we will cover that next week as it will be uh, whoever wins the NCAA Division One Men's Golf Team Championship. That still remains to be seen. Final round on right now. We'll cover it next week. Uh, getting to some more news. 2021 Ryder Cup captain at Whistling Straits, uh, Steve Stricker, won the Senior PGA Championship for his second senior major over the weekend. So congratulations to him. Also, Ricky Fowler, after a strong showing at Colonial this last week, moves into the top 50 in the official world golf rankings, which officially qualifies him for the Open Championship later this summer. So that's good news for Ricky as he continues his climb back to the uh, top ranks of the PGA Tour. And our second kind of debate thing here that will, it's a really intriguing question. John Rahm, obviously playing the Memorial Tournament this week, was asked a question in his regular Tuesday media availability about live golf and if those golfers should be allowed to play in the Ryder Cup. He thinks he hates the divisive politics that is tearing apart golf right now, thinks that live allegiance should not matter one bit when it comes to the Ryder Cup. So what say you guys? about that maybe yeah, because think, we're gonna have maybe dj and brooks kepka playing on the american team that's that's the thing that i think is important to think about um and i think it it's hard because by country like there's a lot more american guys obviously if they were to not yeah. let live guys play the u.s would still be pretty pretty okay um mm -hmm. I think Rom, it was specifically uh, Sergio, right, that, that the conversation was about, I believe. Probably him, uh, Ian Poulter, Poulter. Greg McDowell, probably. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And this is not Ryder Cup specific, but like like if we're talking just countries like Cam, like Australia, for example. That like like I think some of these Cam Smith being there, like some of these big, big name guys, I, I understand why like that would be talked about. Um, but it, I mean, Ian Poulter and them, like, are they really going to make that big of a difference? And you bring up an interesting topic there. We could throw the president's cup into this with guys right. like Louis Oostazen and Cam Smith, like the president's cup is ran by the PGA tour. So those guys will most likely never play on another president's right. cup team again, yeah. but the Ryder cup is a different not. thing. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I agree that I think there's a way better chance that they get to play in the Ryder cup. Um, but at the same time, like I, I understand that there's a couple guys, mainly American guys that would really make a difference. Um, but like fan wise, like if they're thinking about, oh, we need Ian Poulter to play so that people are into it. Like, I don't yeah. think there's anyone besides maybe DJ Brooks level guys that, that are really going to make that big of a difference. No, most likely not. I think Kepka's really the only one that's deserving of it. I don't think DJ has done enough in these majors to really put him himself ahead of some guy who's been like who's had a sharp game and been a top 12 in ranking points uh i'll get the ranking points up in a minute but i like i don't think uh, i, was I think just there's a lot ask, more like uh, Wyndham Clark? Like better players like, compare some of these guys i believe 
I believe Brooks is in the top six automatic qualifiers now after winning the PGA, though, isn't he? Yeah, but but DJ, I, I believe so. Yeah, like Tim, I'm curious what you think. Like, would you well, take D- DJ? DJ be, I, I would. Would you take DJ really over well Sam Burns or Wyndham Clark, like the, that level of golfer? Yes, I'm taking him over Wyndham Clark every day of the week. I don't Tim? know about Sam Burns. Okay, I'll I'll start at after the automatic qualifiers, who are sh- right now: Scheffler, Kepka, Homa. Shockley, Cantley, and Cam Young. After that, would you rather have DJ or Jordan Spieth? Spieth. Jordan Probably Spieth. Spieth. Uh, DJ or Sam Burns? DJ. Mm-hmm. No. Up. I would take Burns. I, I think I'd rather much. Sam Burns. You want development, but yeah. Right. I think with DJ, experience is the DJ factor. but Yeah. I mean, they um, got to play Marco Simone this year. Like, it's a road game, you know. Yeah, we got to think about that. We, we need I experience. Really, I mean, DJ's been on the team for almost two decades, and I don't, I don't think that, is there a signature DJ moment on the Ryder Cup? Like, I mean, he went five been too successful the last time, but other than that, like, that one was everyone went five and zero pretty much. Like, yeah, was, that was anyway, a beatdown. Who, who are the um, other? And then we got yeah. Justin Thomas, okay. JT, Morikawa. You got Morikawa. I completely decide You have oh, to go Morikawa there. You have to go Morikawa. He he'll be on the team if obviously he hasn't won in a while. But like, I would take Morikawa over Cam plays, Young. I, I probably would too. I think Morikawa, like when you go to the element of like alternate shot, you need a good ball striker like him. But then you get to eleven and twelve, and it's Kiyama who. No, I would take DJ. See, yeah, yeah. that's where it flips. Zalatoris, who's hurt for the year, so I guess yeah. in there. And He's then number a 13. couple of you guys on the outskirts. Wyndham, Wyndham Clark at 13. No. DJ. I'd go DJ, but then Tony Finau at 14. Ooh, I would go Finau see, over got, DJ yeah. at all that. Okay. Where's, where's that, Ricky, too? That's so hard to believe that Tony Ricky's Finau's at 14th in the automatic qualifying. But, but Ricky, will get Nick, Ricky will be on the team. No, Ricky might. No, you don't think so? I don't. No. no. He'd have to win. He'd have to win a, an elevated event this year. Yeah, he's either to winning be, a even in consideration or an elevated event and making the tour championship bare minimum. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you have to be a top 30 on the PGA Tour. Yeah. I mean, solid doesn't really get it done in the Ryder Cup, though. You need to be great. Like yeah, exactly. Like, I think it was Americans and top 12 it was Europeans. 2021, like Ryan Palmer said that he was like, yeah, like if I don't make the Ryder Cup this year, it, it's going to, it's boomer bust basically. And I don't even think he made it to East Lake and was still upset that he didn't make the Ryder Cup team. Like, so it's, you have to make it to East Lake if you want the bare minimum shot at making the Ryder Cup team that year. So Anyway, that's a super I mean, uh, that's a really big issue that's going to come to the forefront here. Of obviously, including Zach Johnson, the American captain, and Luke Donald, the European captain, um, and just kind of a little bit of funny news. Hold on, here. real quick, Tim, what's up? I saw you. Okay, just sorry. DJ is at right now. He's at thirty seventh in the um, the rankings. Mm-hmm. If you want to go, even live guys over him. You got Patrick Reed, Phil is over DJ. Phil's 26. He's 11 spots ahead of DJ. I mean, because he finished well. Obviously, we know. Yeah, that that really is the boost. But like, there's a lot of guys that are like Brandon Todd's ahead of DJ. Reed over DJ would be pretty hilarious. 
No, that's never going to happen. I think we all know that's never going to happen. What if Reed goes out and wins the Open and and you have to put Reed on the team? Sensation. Absolutely not. Nobody nobody even wants to remonts of that conversation. (laughs) Nobody even wants to that. Like when Patrick Reed plays majors. I love Patrick Reed. We've seen Augusta this year. We've seen the PGA. Like those are the only events he's playing now with PGA Tour players. Nobody wants to play in practice rounds with him because everybody hates the guy. Like. He's Captain America, but he's not very well liked. That's like a self-given so, nickname, though. Like, I mean, yeah, he like had he's that Captain one. America. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, I mean, he was Captain America because basically Jordan's Jordan Spieth carried yeah. him a lot of the time. Yeah, that when so, he rolled out, that was insane. That was yeah, incredible. yeah. I mean, he was Jordan Spieth's little backpack for whatever weeks they were playing together. But I, I want to let's. This last little bit of news here is pretty funny. Five-time tour winner, two-time writer cover, J.B. Holmes. J.B. stands for John Bradley, Jonathan Bradley, which is going to be relevant to the story. Uh, There's this six-man scramble in Franklin, Tennessee, at uh, the Franklin Golf Club called the Gangsome, which took place this last weekend. Jonathan Bradley was an entrant in the tournament with a reported 10 handicap. Uh, and it turns out that it was J.B. Holmes basically pulling an all-time scumbag sandbagger move. Uh, the team got kicked out of a $30,000 Calcutta once the owner of the golf club found out that it was, in fact, J.B. Holmes and not a 10 handicapper named Jonathan Bradley playing in the tournament. So what what do you guys think? Let's We talked about it a little bit. Yeah, already, I, I mean – JB Holmes stuff. Like he, he has a very significant like his look is he's not like an everyday looking dude. Um I, Okay, I, but like it's gonna be really hard to pick him out of a crowd when his ball flight is ten times more yeah, right whatever than every single it, it, his ball flight is going to be ten times better than any single digit handicapper that's playing in this Calcutta, I guarantee it. And like, was he wearing, tr- trying to wear like different? That's um, what I was gonna ask. Like, or was yeah, he scripted? Like, Did he have like sponsors on? Yeah. Stuff? Does he have to no, wear sponsors I, every time he's on no the golf shot. course? Like, there's no shot. It, it's probably just know. like play, like playing at home, around at home with some of the guys at the club that he plays at. Which is, in fact, I was scrolling on Twitter earlier today and came across this story, and it said that he plays at Troubadour, which is where. A lot of country music stars, PG Tour players play just south of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So I mean, you have to be pretty dumb to think you're going to get away with this, though. Did he really think he was going to yeah, get away with this? I don't know. It's, I mean, Davey Holmes has always been one of the good guys on the PG Tour, so like, I wasn't really expecting it from a guy like him. But I don't know. It's just funny. So that wraps up what's is a lot of news surrounding the golf world this week. We moved to this last week on the PGA tour, the Charles Schwab challenge, always one of the coolest venues, colonial country club, which after the final round, uh, architect Gil Hans was actually starting to do a renovation on Sunday night. They had all the tractors and everything staged at TCU, Texas Christian University, like a mile down the road from Colonial. So Colonial undergoing a total 18-hole makeover in preparation for next year's Memorial Tournament. 
but or not the Memorial Tournament, excuse me, the Charles Schwab Challenge. But this year, won by Emiliano Grillo for his second win on the PGA Tour and moves him to 18th in the FedEx Cup standings. Uh, he wins in a playoff over Adam Shank, who is looking for his first PGA Tour win. You probably know the name from playing very well at the Valspar this last year and effectively uh, choking it away on the 18th pole on Sunday. Finishing tied for third was Harry Hall, who was looking to become uh, one of the more recent wire-to-wire winners on the PGA Tour. Scotty Scheffler finishing tied for third as well, rounding out the top five. Paul Haley, the second. Ricky Fowler with a solid week at T6, along with Michael Kim and Sam Burns, who was the defending champion. Uh, pretty solid showing from him. He finishes three shots back, five under. Kevin Streelman, Max Halma, and Mark Hubbard round out the top ten. So, guys, let's, let's get into it on the uh, the Charles Schwab Challenge from this last week. What did you guys think? Um, one moment that sticked out to me, stuck out to me. I don't know if you guys watched the final round. Grio, uh, when his ball was floating down the river, was one of the most strange moments I've seen in golf in a very long time. He, his ball was floating down the river, and what was it? They were telling him that he could swing at the moving ball down the yeah, river. Yeah, he was because he was in a water hazard, and you can play it out of a water right. hazard. But they said to him, you're going to get a one-stroke penalty because you're taking too long. But the ball wasn't at a stop, so it was I, it was a very strange moment. But anyway, going into the playoff, I I didn't think there was any chance he was winning, uh, just like with the momentum. But it was awesome to see. And um, like you've said before, his swing is just incredible. Yeah, it's buttery, yeah. And, and Harry, I mean, Hall, he, he... Harry Hall, what a performance. Um feel a little yeah. bad about his little melt but man he he cruised the first three days just cruised. yeah yeah definitely it's uh yeah emiliano grillo doubles 18 looks out of it gets bailed out there pretty much uh and then the second playoff hole they play the par 316 emiliano grillo throws a dart adam shank sends the same club way over the green so he's got to get up and down. It was a terrible situation for him there. Um, so, yeah, Tim. He put a lot of pressure on, though. Like, yeah, that was yeah. almost an Absolutely. impossible shot. And he put it to, like, four feet and really – Yeah, he I did. Mean, like, he did he the best really he could have done in that situation. He really made Emiliano Grillo think about that putt. Because he still had yeah. five feet for birdie to win it. Yeah. yeah. And then just those greens, I think – maybe I heard on the broadcast that they were running up to like a 17 on the stimp. Like they were super firm. Yeah. They were buzzing. It was, it was insane. They definitely, there was some definite, definite spots where a renovation could really make that course even better. Absolutely. It looks, I mean, Colonial's an awesome venue, obviously hosted majors before. I mean, the tour goes there every single year for the Charles Schwab, but in watching it on TV, this last week, like uh, they said, Gil Hans and his entire crew, they're ripping up the entire course. They're even going right down to the clubhouse and the practice facilities. They're basically building a new golf course. So like you could see watching it on TV this last week that it's definitely in need of some type of renovation. So good to hear that they're getting that there. So anything else on the Charles Schwab this last week? Pretty good overall week. Happy to see Emiliano Grillo win on tour again. 
Yeah, course played tough. It was it was overall pretty fun to watch, I thought. Really tough course, yeah. Colonial is always a, a, a tough venue for sure. So that will wrap us up for our uh, reactions and analysis from the Charles Schwab Challenge moving us to this week, uh, which is another elevated event, $20 million purse on the PGA Tour. It's Jack's Tournament at Jack's Place, Mirrorfield Village Golf Club, the Memorial Tournament. Uh, this week, defending champion Billy Horschel, he won last year uh, at 13 under, four shots ahead of Aaron Wise at minus nine, rounding out the top five. Joaquin Neiman, minus seven. Patrick Cantley, who won twice in a row a few years ago at minus seven, uh, as well as tied for fifth. Denny McCarthy and Sahith Tagala, uh, each at minus six, along with Max Homa and Daniel Berger and Will Zalatoris. It just keeps going. Uh, finishing tied for fifth place. So it's obviously a ball strikers course. It's a second shot golf course. It's Mirfield Village. Any any course that is designed by Jack Nicholas is going to be a second shot golf course. So the Memorial Tournament obviously taking place at Mirfield Village Golf Club, host of uh, many, many tournaments in its day, including the 2013 President's Cup, the famous Tiger Woods uh, three-wood shot that he stuck to three feet to eagle it to clinch the cup for the American side. So that's one of the more memorable shots there. Tiger, obviously the leading winner of the Memorial Tournament. He has won it five times throughout his PGA Tour career. So guys, let's get into it. We've got a lot of stuff on Mirfield Village Golf Club. It's obviously a super tough venue, um, producing not a lot of low scores. We got some featured groups that we'll get into. So let's chop it up. Yeah, it's going to be a... A pretty tough course, I think, again, bent grass greens that are, since the renovation, um, extremely, extremely fast and hard and really hard to spin the ball from what I've seen. Um, and I've even seen some caddies talk about it, how guys, unless it really rains, how guys are going to have a really hard time uh, spinning the ball with whatever club you're hitting, that it's going to have to land um, 10, 15 feet short of the pin and it's just going to roll out, um, which I think is... It's like how I'm used to playing golf, but it's going to be very interesting to see how tour players react to that. Um, distance seems to not matter that much. Accuracy seems to be the key. And like you said, second shot, hitting greens and reg seems to be very important. Um, the rough around the greens and the bunkers around the greens are not fun. Um, there's also a lot of water on the course. It's just something yeah, to think about. Water. Um, I in the past, people have been, it's been a little bit common for some eights and nines um, on a couple holes. And I think, I believe it was last year or two years ago, there were six or seven guys that had, uh, I think it was quad bogey or higher on the day. So that's just something to look for. There could be some, some real interesting struggle moments that are always interesting to watch to see how they react. Yeah, and this is one. One of the courses up there with like Riviera for non-majors that could hold major caliber events. Like this is a really tough course. You mentioned the renovation a couple of years ago, thick, rough. It's, it's just a really good event and a good space to hold this event. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up uh, Riviera there too with some of the courses that don't host majors that are, top-notch venues, Quail Hollow uh, comes to mind. That doesn't, I mean, they had the 2017 PGA, but that was kind of a flash in the pan type thing. But regardless, so 
I mean, it's obviously a star-studded event, elevated uh, event, $20 million purse. So that means that there's a lot of star power playing this week. There's some featured groups listed on the PGA Tours website. There are six of them that we will get into here. Uh, we begin with 2020 champion John Rahm, the man who won a week before him at the uh, Workday Challenge, whatever tournament that was, in 2020 at Muirfield Village, Colin Morikawa, as well as Jason Day in form. Uh, they are going off round one, 8.05 a.m. Eastern time before the heat on Thursday is supposed to be a blisteringly hot week in Columbus, Ohio. So who do you guys like out of this group? You got a lot of guys, a lot of stars in this group for sure. Yeah, I think John Rahm is the obvious answer. He's, I mean, with Scheffler, um, the favorite here. And I think just because he he strikes the ball so well that he's an interesting one. Colin Morikawa, same thing. His short game seems to continue to be uh, a little bit shakier on the greens, can't hit a putt. I think Jason Day is one to think about. He It's been strange. Wells Fargo, missed, missed cut, lost strokes, tee to green, and approach. He won the Byron Nelson, gaining 11 strokes, tee to green, and seven approach. Last week, or uh, PGA Championship, missed the cut. Same thing, losing tee to green in approach. Um, that's a little worrisome to me, just the inconsistencies with his irons that I think is going to be really important this week. So, obviously, we saw it at the Byron Nelson. He could be lights out um, and hit all these greens and just be amazing. But two out of his last three, um, losing strokes, mainly with his irons, is a little bit scary to me. So, I'm on Morikawa and Rom, not Jason Day. I, I wouldn't be too – I actually would be kind of confident in Jason Day. He has made his American uh, home. He lives in Ohio, so this is kind of a close event for him. I think he likes this, uh, this course really well. I wouldn't – he's been playing well too. I think he could be – not a lot of people are talking about him this week. I feel like he could be a dark horse to win it. Yeah, for sure. You you mentioned Jason Day lives in the Columbus area. John Rahm, the obvious answer. He is the odds-on favorite with Scotty Scheffler to win this week. Uh, the 2020 champion uh, and then Colin Warakawa in that group. Round one, 8.05 Eastern time on Thursday morning. This last week's winner, Emiliano Grillo, partnered with Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland. Scotty Scheffler, who is the uh, second odds-on winner or odds-on favorite, to win the tournament this week. They are also off early on Thursday morning, round one, 7.53 a.m. Eastern time. Who do you guys like out of this group? Uh, I like Scotty, I think. I I'm curious to see, because Scotty's only issue has been putting. I'm curious to see these greens that are really, really rough to putt on. Does that help or hurt Scotty? Because everyone may just struggle putting, and it may, um, I think that it may just even the playing field a bit on the greens, and he'll just just be lights out everywhere else. I mean, he leads the field in four categories. So um, I think Scotty could, his floor, in my opinion, is probably top 10. Yeah. I mean, obviously Scotty's the number one pick in this group, but I like Victor. I mean, he's been playing really well. He's hung around in these tough in the ma majors. He's been pretty close. I think, I feel good for Emiliano Grillo, but does he really belong in a uh, featured group? Probably not. Uh, it was crazy to hear that Jim Nance uh, said once he won, that it had been eight years since he won. I feel like he was 
one of the first guys that was like a rising star when I started really to get into golf and kind of just disappeared for a while. Didn't really uh, have many successful weeks on tour. He went away for a couple of years and now he's playing better. So that's good. But I, I don't think he's on the featured group tier of a player yet. Yeah, probably not. I mean, he's a pretty average PGA Tour player. His second win on tour, I mean, he gets into the feature group by virtue of winning this last week. That's really it. And he's also coupled with the number one player in the world. So he'll be fun to watch for sure. Um, the third group that we will get into, round two, 7.53 a.m., those guys going off Friday morning, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, and Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, interesting coupling here. Who do you guys like out of this group? Um, I like Rory a lot. I know he's been cold, but I, especially in uh, DFS-wise, he's going to be low O. Nobody's on Rory. I think Spieth is an interesting one. Course history here is outstanding. Um, doesn't have a win, but he top 20s nearly every time he plays here. Um, and then Hatton, too. I think Hatton's popular this week, as, as always. He's been playing pretty well and I think wouldn't be shocked if he top 10 I hadn't someone I don't think is going to win but I wouldn't be shocked if he had a real great uh outing this is a very interesting group obviously you have the big names in Rory and Jordan but this is a group where people who play bad could definitely rub off on each other these are three very emotional golfers and if it's hot on a Thursday afternoon and nobody's under par yet through the first couple holes. Here's some complaining. Wouldn't be surprised if we get like a club toss in this group yelling at some caddies. This is like, they're very good players, but it could go downhill quickly for this. Group, yeah. This is uh Jordan Spieth hitting a water ball on the par five 13th or whatever. And, uh, Pussing out Michael Greller type thing. And then yeah. Tyrrell Hatton hears it and hits a bad shot the next yep. shot and tosses his glove <laughs> into the water and everything. And yeah, it, this could be a really fun group to watch. So Friday morning, 7.53 a.m. is their featured time. The fourth group, 2022 U.S. Open champion, who he will be defending uh, in a couple weeks here at the LACC. Matt Fitzpatrick paired with Justin Thomas, who always seemingly plays well at this course, as well as Xander Shoffley, round two, 8.05 Eastern time. Who do you guys like out of this group? Yeah, I think this is going to be a super unpopular opinion. I don't like either of these three guys this week, um, in comparison, at least. Like, Fitzpatrick is one that he never shows up real well in stats, but, um, like, I wouldn't be shocked if any of these three played well, but compared to some of the other guys in their price ranges. Um, Justin Thomas, like you said, has played really well here in the past. I'm a little bit worried. His iron play um, at the PGA was just not good. And um, his play at the PGA just wasn't good. And it's just been a little inconsistent. And again, he's another guy that, that could just come back from it. Like he's so talented. That does it really matter? Probably not. Um, and then Xander's one that, Xander's so solid and he's another one that's probably going to top 20 top 10 but he's one compared like like I would take Cantlay over Xander um I would take Vic over Xander so just in some of those head-to-head so he's one that I think is obviously so talented but I don't know if he he has the ability to win this tournament yeah I I obviously picked Xander for the PGA and I'm almost I watched a lot of them through the first couple of days and I, I'm 
I'm almost giving up on him. He's a really good player, but like over the weekends, he just it, there's something that isn't there with him. I, yeah, I just I, makes a lot of money. He has a lot of points, so be on our, the Ryder Cup team. But this is a big event, and I mean, besides the Olympics, does he really have like a big event to his name? He's, yeah, the guys really like top five, top tens, and normal golf tournaments, elevated events, whatever. But it's just like I, Maybe I don't know if he can win a little bit for the majors, but yeah, I don't know if he'll ever win a major. I mean, he just I. There's something. There's just, just something not there. Feels yeah. off. Like yeah, yeah. About him. I, I mean, I like the guy. He's he's a good guy. He's a too. great player. Like I, I don't have anything against him, but there's just something that feels like it's not there. But I don't know. Maybe I, this is. I'm rooting for JT this week. He has the um, Memorial Day stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll. I don't know. This, like you said, I. I don't really see the attraction of Matt Fitzpatrick. To be honest with you, I mean he's. A good player for sure. There's two, I guess you could say one signature win, obviously, and then one good win in an elevated event, which is a stacked field. Um, this at the RBC Heritage, uh, this last year, um, or a few months ago, excuse me. So we'll move on to uh, our fifth group that we'll be talking about defending champion Billy Horschel. Off 7.41 a.m. Eastern time, round two, coupled with former champion at Mirfield Village, Hideki Matsuyama, as well as two-time former champion at Mirfield Village, Patrick Cantley. These guys are all obviously, uh, as the term is coined, horses for the course. So who do you guys like out of this group? Yeah, I'm not feeling uh, a Billy Ho back-to-back. Hideki, we'll see. We'll talk in a minute about one-and-done. He's my one-and-done pick. I think... He's just been playing playing better. His course history is up there with Cantlay, um, who's also in this group, who I think the two of them will both have, have really great weeks. I just think that Decky's had five straight top 30s. He has a win in three top 15s here. His stats all fit really well. I just think he's he's in it, and I think I would not be shocked if he top five or won this, um, which I don't know. I, I'm not usually on him. Uh, it's a little bit scary to say that, but I think Cantlay is one that, I mean, Cantlay in the odds is above Rory, so that's that's yeah. telling right there. Yeah, I mean, the guy can just flat out play well at Mirfield Village. Yeah, can't. I mean, Cantlay's kind of gone into that upper tier the last year or so, kind of breaking up that like Rory, uh, Rom, and Scotty three headed beast. I'd say he's a top three player right now, so. He's definitely someone to watch this week. I think he could definitely get it done. And I like Hideki as well. Hideki fits this course well. He has success here. Wouldn't be surprised at all if he's in contention on Sunday. Yeah, I, I really like Hideki Matsuyama at this course. Um, somewhat rounding into form. I like Patrick Cantley in this group, though, as the top finisher. Um, uh, uh, there's nothing on Billy Horschel that ever really appeases me that much. Um so, yeah, I, I got to go uh, Patrick Cantley out of this group, obviously two-time champion a few years ago. Um, guy's a immaculate ball striker, finds fairways. He's a pretty good tee to green player and average putting. So that's going to do you pretty well if you can play well tee to green and 150 yards in at Mirfield Village. So the last group that we'll get into 
winner at the Wells Fargo a few weeks ago for his first PGA Tour win. Wyndham Clark off early on Thursday morning, round one, 7.41 a.m. with Kurt Kitayama, also a first-time PGA Tour winner this last year, and Tom Kim. So who do you guys like out of this group? Uh, to me, this this group is Tom Kim's to lose, I think. Um, yeah, We talked a little bit pre-show about how it seems that Memorial has kind of been a little bit of a stepping stone. Um, there's kind of young talent has won here and really shot up. And I think this could be Tom Kim. Um, like in a year from now, if you said Tom Kim won this week and he's a top 10 player in the world and took a leap like Victor Hovland did, I would not be shocked. Um, I think he's been inconsistent lately, which his approach has been horrible. Um, but in general, he's so talented. I just love watching him. He's just a hilarious dude. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Tom Kim's going to be the entertainment of this group and I think he's going to be the best player in this group. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, Tom Kim has the star power of this feature group, even though Kitayama and Wyndham Clark have both won elevated events in the last three months. But Tom Kim, he's the young superstar. He has the Nike deal. He's kind of the new it guy. If you're looking at in this generation, this younger up and coming generation. So I, I agree with you. I think he could, this could definitely be his coming out party to the casual golf fan. Because I think a lot of the more like experience, not experienced golf fans, but you know what I mean. People who pay attention more are definitely in tune with Tom Kim and how he is as a player. But I think it could be definitely a like a coming out party for the average uh, guy that just tunes in on Sunday to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I gotta go. Tom Kim, I, I think him his game, tee to green, is the best. I mean, obviously, driving distance doesn't really matter a lot this week. Finding fairways doesn't really matter a ton. When you think of that type of guy, you think of Wyndham Clark in this group. Kirk Kitayama, a very solid iron player. I have him, have him in my top ten and to make the cut picks later. But i got to go Tom Kim, top finisher, out of this group. So that wraps us up for talking about the featured groups as per the PGA Tour. Uh, for the Memorial Tournament this week, that moves us to our one and done. So obviously missed a uh, missed an episode last week. So the last one and done pick that we made as a group was for the PGA Championship. Jack takes Rory McIlroy, who finished tied for seventh at the PGA, made five hundred fifty-five thousand dollars, which was the largest payday out of uh, us four on the podcast. Jack is in second place with a grand total of four million three thousand eight hundred forty-four dollars made. Tim uh, still sitting in. Uh, fourth place, he takes Xander Shoffley for the PGA, uh, who finished tied for 18th, made $214,400, and Tim has a grand total of $2,072,673 made. Nick, who is absent from our podcast tonight, uh, who also made a one-and-done pick for this week, who we will get to, uh, he took Kyle Morikawa for the PGA Championship, who finished tied for 26th. Made $135,000. Nick has made a grand total of $3,588,346 total. And I am still sitting in first place. I also took Xander Shoffle, who, again, finished tied for 18th, $214,400. And I have made a total of $6,756,368 so far this year. So let's get into our one-and-done picks for this week. 
Yeah, so I'm taking Hideki. Um, I'll keep this short. Already talked about him a lot. But super high on him is accuracy. Great short game. Hits greens. Um, fits the course well. Good course experience. I think he's going to go out and win this week. I like Justin Thomas. Sometimes when in spots where JT wins, you don't really think about him coming into the week. He's kind of just there. He, he's not as hot, but then it'll just be a week where he puts everything together especially at a course like this where he's comfortable. I think it could definitely be his week. He doesn't, I don't, I don't believe he has a win this year. I think this could be the first uh, of hopefully many this year. Yeah, for so, sure. Definitely been a little cold this year. Um, coming off the PGA win in 2022. Nick, uh, who's a fourth member of our podcast, taking Xander Schauffele this week. Me, I'm taking a guy flying a little bit under the radar this week, but super good course fit guy that we have not mentioned. Corey Connors is going to be my one and done pick. Uh, extremely good iron player, very accurate off the tee. He is 18th in total strokes game, uh, 17th in approach, 22nd off the tee. So the tee to green, tee to green game is there. Uh, putting is very average, very marginal. Uh, for him. So Corey Connors, my one and done pick, because that's all it's going to take this week is some pretty average putting as well as you play well, very, play very well tee to green. Um, so Corey Connors, my one and done pick that leads us to our three guys to make the cut and one guy to finish uh, in the top 10, our mortal lock for the week. Jack, who do you have? So I'm going to start with, um, I think Smalley is one that, that could really top 20 or could miss a cut. Um, I'm going high on him this week just because he's solid in every area. Um, he's in no stat is below bottom half of this field. So that's, that's exciting for Smalley, but at the same time, um, he has not played well before here, which I think really matters. I think course history here, um, matters a lot. So that's the one that I'm a little nervous about. Cage Lee is my second pick to make the cut. Who I'm really high on, uh, top 20 in my model. Amazing in all the key areas. Hasn't missed a cut since the players, which for someone of his talent range, I think is is extraordinary. Yeah, um, guys, and then elite T to green. Right. And then Mark Hubbard, um, who played out of his mind last week and has been playing really well lately, um, just in general. He's really good off the tee and approach. Bent is his best surface. Two straight made cuts here, which I think is is important, like I just said, and then ninth last week. Um, I like what he's been doing. And then my top 10 is my favorite player on tour, Siwoo Kim, who I think just also fits really well here. He's another player that that I he's sort of up and down. Um, could shoot a 73 on his first day and a 66 and then a 79. Like he's a little bit of a of an up and down golfer, but he's 13th in my model. He's really good hitting fairways, good off the tee. Bent is his best surface. Uh, he's never missed a cut here. Six of six, which I, I really like with Siwoo. Uh, yeah, this week I got Akshay, fun lefty. Hopefully he can make a cut. I think he's due for a breakout. If we're talking guys who could break out here, I think maybe it could be Akshay. Uh, Gary Woodland, very consistent. Key to green player, kind of just a very seasoned veteran on tour. This is a course where experience matters. Uh, and then Tom Hoagie, I think he's just um, another guy that's 
played decent this year, I think he could definitely uh, get a made cut. And then I'm going Tom Kim for my top 10. We just spoke about him, how uh, this could be his breakout um, breakout point, and I think it would be very interesting. So top 10 for Tom Kim. Yeah, I like the Tom Kim pick. The Siwoo Kim pick is a little interesting to me because – Mirfield is not necessarily like a real risk reward course when you really think about that. And Siwoo Kim is uh, a risk reward type of guy. So we'll I was see. Definitely shocked good. to see that he's six of six here, by the way. Yeah, definitely a good player in his own right, for sure. But the, it just doesn't seem like the game fits the course, per se. Yeah. So we'll see. That's interesting there. My guys, I'm going iron player, iron player, iron player, iron player, which is going to be huge at Mirfield. Uh, and I'm going guys that have basically no experience playing at this place to make the cut. Kurt Kitayama, uh, my first guy, very good iron player, 33 in approach to the green, uh, pretty good putting statistics. He's a very good driver of the golf ball, which doesn't matter as much as uh, an iron player this week. He's my first guy to make the cut. Second, I'm going Mackenzie Hughes. Very good history here. Uh, very good tee to green. Pretty average putting, sort of the Kurt Kitayama type game. Just doesn't hit it as far. I like his fifth this week. And Zach Johnson, the veteran. Uh, we were talking pre-show, and uh, he's probably barely going to make the cut and finish like T65 at the end of the week. Who cares? I'm taking him to make the cut. Very, very average short driver of the golf ball pretty average with his irons wedges all throughout the bag just an overall solid ish player uh guy can putt the lights out though which i think could be very beneficial to him but not so beneficial at the same time this week i think he pulls through makes the cut my top 10 is a guy that has been on an absolute heater justin uh he is uh my boy from southern california uh uh, fight on the USC Trojans. He's missed one cut since the Shriners Hospital opened uh, in October. So he is on fire, obviously playing very well at Oak Hill past few weeks or, or a few weeks ago, excuse me. Very good iron player. Putting is really good. Uh, pretty average driver of the golf ball, which is about all you're going to need at Muirfield Village this week. So I like Justin Suh to make the top 10. So that leads us to our favorite prop bets of which we're probably going to play some bets on the guys that we uh, we just mentioned and we just uh, went through here. But our favorite prop bets of the week. Uh, so I'm starting with Joseph Bramlett, top 40. He's really good at hitting greens um, and can putt on bent. So that's, that's, I think, the recipe for success here is plus 175 to do that. I have Tom Kim to win, uh, plus 5,500, like Tim said. And I talked about earlier, love Tom Kim. Um, just so exciting to watch. And I think this could be his breakout. Shane Lowry is one we haven't talked about at all. I have him the top 10 plus 450. He's one that that you usually think about um, when it's bad weather, when it's cold, stuff like that. But I think his, his irons are um, pretty strong and consistent. And I think that's going to be important. That's plus 450. Svensson, top Canadian, is one that's interesting for me, plus 300. Essentially, he has to beat Corey Connors in my book. Um, yeah, guys, guys, a good player though. I don't think right. he beats Corey, but really good, solid. Player, right. Yeah. So, so basically, that's plus three hundred to beat Corey Connors in my book. Um, and then Rory, Rom, or Scotty to win is plus one ninety. I just think that's good odds. I think this course is going to be hard. I think it's going to take one of these best players. Um, so I just think those are good odds. 
And I, I really think one of those three is going to win. So. All right. I got um, Ricky Fowler top 20. He's been just a machine for top 20s. He's been very consistent this year. Obviously he hasn't got it done or really been in contention at all, but he'll be on like the second page of the leaderboard and you'll be like, Oh yeah, Ricky Fowler, huh? he had a good week. So that's all you really need for a top 20 at plus 140. I like that one a lot. Um, I, I, JT winner plus uh, 2,800. I like that. And I have a ROM winner at plus 750. And then Cantlay top 10 at plus 115. He's recently, I think a top 10 for him isn't out of uh, the ordinary and getting that at plus money. I like that a lot. So those are my profits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Patrick Cantley, huge top 10. That's basically a given at Mirrorfield. Throw that in a parlay plus with 115 odds uh, for all the listeners out there. That would probably be a pretty good move in my book. That leads me to my favorite prop bets. Uh, we talked about Victor Hobland a little bit this week or a little bit previously uh, in the show. I like him this week. I like Jason Day this week. Columbus guy. Played well here previously. Uh, he's kind of rounding into form. I like a Victor Hoblin and Jason Day top 20 parlay at plus 260 odds on uh, on the books in Vegas. I really like that a lot. Um, I also like a winning margin of two shots. Now, it's either playoff or it's a guy wins by four. I think this year, with it being an elevated event, we see a lot more scores that are very, very close to each other. I won't go as much to say a winning score of one shot or in a playoff, but I like, I like two shots. I like a, a good 11 under wins it and second place T2 is nine under. I, I like that a lot this week. Um, I think guys are going to go out there with, with it being as tough as it is and as hot as it is out there. I think guys are still going to go out there and tear it up. I mean, this is a PGA tour after all, these are the best players in the world. So I like, kind of like an 11 under with a nine under T2 uh, winning margin of two shots. That is uh, Vegas has that currently at plus 350 on the books. I also like Sung JM to be the top Asian player this week. Uh, Vegas has that at plus 280. We uh, talked about um, Siwoo Kim. We talked about uh, Tom Kim earlier in the show. I think that they're very good T to green, but I think when you think of a guy that, packs a punch tee to green and can putt really well and is due for a breakout is Sung JM. I like him top Asian player uh, once again on the books at plus 280. So that is going to wrap us up on the long drive this week. Thank you all so much for listening and catch us every week for the remainder of the season. Make sure to check out all of Impact 89 FM's other podcasts. We will be back next week uh, for the RBC Canadian Open preview show. And once again, this has been The Long Drive on Impact 89 FM.